I was scared of dentists and the dark. I was scared of pretty girls and starting conversations. Oh, all my friends are turning green. You're the magician's assistant in their dreams. Oh, 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 oh and they come unstuck, lady. Running down to the riptide, taking away to the dark side. I want to be your left-hand man. I love you when you're singing this song. And I got a lump in my throat because you're going to sing the words wrong. That's perfect. What are you afraid of? Nobody's uh, Now that's the bar. I'm going to ask everybody else that comes on the show to pay I attention. Take a look. Did here. you really, while you're driving, you're singing it? Repeat. Agnes welcome back to the show thank you thank you for having me no thank you it was great that you reached out and all of a sudden I was like yeah I want to help you out and just figure out what what's going on and updated and I know we talked briefly just before we started rolling reconnecting lots of going on in your life we do we we have a lot going on um personally we have a lot going on work-wise and all of it's super good and I'm really really excited I kind of feel like everyone's coming out of the woodwork and for us and for me, I'm ready to lean right back into it. Like just to, to make all these connections and, and have these opportunities. Um, I'm, I'm ready to go. It's been like four years. Are we going to say three and a half years? I'm, I'm trying to remember. So the building show you, we met. We, On the no, building no, no. show, which would have been. I did a one podcast with you very briefly at Informa head office. Yes. And then um, we wanted to chat further. You guys were at the building show. We did show. the show. We walked around. We stopped at your booth, Next Gen booth. Yeah. We and that seeing. was so much fun. Thank yeah, you that for doing that. Cool. that no, was it was very cool. No, it was down. And the show was good. It was great. But that was before the whole madness thing. And yeah. then you guys are, I guess, technically a virtual. No, you're not virtual. You're We've a, always been virtual. Yeah. Um, so even, even before the world kind of discovered how amazing this hybrid work from home model could be, we were already doing that. You were that. working that. Yeah, we were already working that. So for us, it was just a relief um, to have a lot of clients start to capitulate to that way. Yeah. Because um, we were always banging our head against that wall. Um, but yeah, at the building show, I think that was 20. 20 it's all a blur honestly it's a a blur but uh, here we are now okay so here we are and then a lot going on in your personal life and and welcome to the show so you've got the next gen thing still going on absolutely and then you're also with wit right so w-i-t-t i'm not with them oh no no working with them i'm not working with them um so what i do is i because of my background and my network we collaborate with them Um, got it we I, i try to bring a lot of people out to the events that they're having WIT is Women in Technology and Trades. They're out of Mohawk College, which yep. has a phenomenal technology program. Um, architectural sciences, uh, urban planning. They do civil engineering or civil, civil technology. Um, it, it's just a number of groups. And WIT is really a uh, think tank for women in these areas because we're still definitely lower uh, in percent percentages of women who are joining and then on top of it they help create pipelines for these women to get into different job avenues different support avenues um, some of these people are second careers some of them are immigrants some are just young women who really it's all just, good on so many levels it's all good and they're consistent yes as an organization goes they are consistent they're reputable so i've always stood behind them and 
this year I've decided to sponsor a table, which I'd asked, but you're busy that day. I know, um, yeah. We're, yeah. we're constantly recording, but I mean, like you reached out and let, let, let's do this. Yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about, well, I want to talk about next gen. I want to talk about them. I want to talk about what else was Absolutely. going on in the industry. So I just want to let everybody know, uh, Agnes is here from next gen professional. So it's triple W next gen professional.com. And the email is Agnes at next gen professional.com and on Instagram and also LinkedIn. You'll find it. If you just type in next gen, next gen. Come yeah. So next gen jobs is on Instagram, but you'll find everything there. I want to do a quick shout out to John McNeil construction i've got his hoodie on i do this thing i don't know if you know but every single show i'm wearing somebody else's tea nice. so if you send me a nice extra large i'll put it if you send me a medium you'll get a little christina aguilera <laughs> belly there but i'm not gonna do that so xl everybody telling me and i'll, I'll definitely wear someone else's tea. i gotta get some swag that's yeah. it xl xl right <laughs> or otherwise it's gonna be genie in a bottle right so we don't want that where do we want to begin agnes like how do you want to it's been um, a nice ride for you so far, but I love that you, I love that you're a champion for pushing construction and pushing people in construction yeah. on such positive levels. You know, it's it, the one thing over the years, so I've been doing this for about 10 years and being a woman in construction, being an individual um, who really didn't have any mentorship or, or anyone who could take me through the ranks, um, I've become an advocate for it because I think that's what we're missing. We're, we're just- I agree. We're missing some sort of leadership that's not, you know, uh, oh, they'll figure it out or let them sink or swim or that's how you learn. It's, no, we should probably teach them properly. These are the homes, the houses, the condos, the schools, the bridges that are going to take us over the next Everything. 200 years. Let's do yeah, it properly. Yeah. Um, so I, I am an advocate for it. And uh, it's, it's difficult. Um, it's our small little organization, but we love collaborating with with people like you and in different organizations and groups and just seeing who we can get to come out and show up what was the, like the nucleus of it i mean 10 years ago when you and your husband were looking at it and starting it like were you seeing all the holes in the industry and realizing wait a minute we can contribute to yeah, helping this it's you know i don't come from recruitment um so my background's not in sales no you've got construction background in my blood, my yeah. father's a general contractor. Yeah. I, I grew up in the trades. My brother's an engineer. Um, I went to a vocational trade school. I did under uh, not underwater welding. That was my dream. But I, I did do yeah. welding. Um, I worked in sort of tool and die. It it really came out when um, I, I went to universe, university for psychology, so helping people. Um, and then fell right back into construction. So finished my degree, fell right back into construction. And through my awareness of psychology, realized the gaps. Um, I, I fell ass backwards into recruitment. And then that just led me further down, opening up that hole and seeing so many different employers and so many different candidates and hearing all of their stories from both sides of the table yep. and realizing there was just a disconnect. Um, so I think that's why I've just become tried or, or had next gen champion that that reach out the reaching through that disconnect um so when we work as a recruitment agency it's not just you know here's a resume slap it down hire somebody it's further than that. it's further than that yeah. what are your goals what are your what are you trying to get to what's your career pathway for the employer do you do you know what you want from this person are we going to you know have that conversation of a culture fit not just a technical fit so we really try to get underneath um, and make sure the fits long-term. Are there certain ingredients to everybody that wants to get into construction? Is there kind of a pattern? Because we always say that we're, 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 we're a colorful cast of characters that <laughs> want to get into this industry, right? Like you've got to kind of be a special breed of person to come into this industry. Yeah. Um, somebody who's not afraid of hard work. It, it is hard work. Yeah. Um, not, and I don't mean 
physically that's that's one complete aspect i mean you've worked on a reno job yeah. like you open up a wall and you've opened up a can of worms like you do not know what's going to be underneath there surprise yeah surprise um you know when you're when you're working on a new build and all of a sudden you've got to work with uh, cities and their permitting department and the red tape and you know are we are we doing this by the book and there's just so many different components i know construction's not just construction it's this umbrella term for all the amazing things that are you know, design, pre-construction, materials, supply chain, um, the, the actual building, construction management, the contracts, the through the commissioning of the building. Like, it's a big plethora. It's hard work. So people who are dogged and determined to get from the start of a project to the end, I think that's really the culture fit. Um, but it's such satisfaction at the end. Though. Oh, it's so satisfying. When you do it, and, I, and I, I've spoken about it, so many trades have been on the show and so many industry people have been on the show. There's that, like a pound of passion when you finish a project and you look at what you achieved in your team, the people associated, yeah. that, like the goals, and you're just so proud of it. We have our ups and downs. Every industry has ups Absolutely. and downs, right? There's negatives yeah. attached to anything, but there is that passion attached to it. Yeah, and, and that passion is something that I hear resonating when we talk to candidates. Um, to he hear them talk about their projects and then you can get a really amazing sense that that person is genuinely passionate about their job when they talk about their projects. Um, so th that, that would be an excellent candidate for somebody because they're going to see the project through. So when you went through, when we went through the whole, the world, I don't even, I, I get tired of using, yeah. using the associated Great. words or whatever. <laughs> I, I, mean, I know that off mic, we were talking briefly that it changed the way you guys looked at it. Even though you built such a platform that yeah. kind of connected with what was going on, it still changed your platform. It changed the way you were speaking, I guess, to candidates and people that wanted to get into this industry. Yeah, we we pivoted um, and started to do a lot more work ourselves. So uh, be, before COVID and all that, um, as we were chatting, we had great footholds into community groups, into associations, um, you know, just like just like Wit uh, at a Mohawk and, and different s schools, we had these groups that were willing to do something, and then all of a sudden, you know, the world turns upside down, and everything we had built because developing relationships take time, yep. and everything we had built had completely fallen apart, and and it sucked. Did it disappear, it or did it stop, or did it, it just stopped? Like the momentum that you built just right back down, and that was okay because we decided that maybe we shouldn't be leaning so hard outside of our organization. Maybe it was us that needed to pull up our bootstraps and do something. So we actually have a YouTube channel. So you can go on YouTube and go to uh, nextgenprofessional.com. Nice. Okay. We started recording and they're not nearly anything like this. So, <laughs> you know, awesome. No, but the messaging <laughs> is out there. The messaging is out. That's what's important. And we said, Let's help people who really need it right now because we didn't know what the market was going to do. We didn't know if people were going to be let go from organizations or uh, wh whatever the case was. So we went on YouTube and we started recording off of Zoom um, seminars. And this was our experience, our time to just help people. So we did a, a couple of uh, recordings of women in, um, in construction. So I had reached out to my network, found a couple of women, recorded us talking about really important issues with women in construction. Uh, and these, these women came from leadership and some of them were even junior. 
just different points of view. Uh, we started doing interview seminars uh, that we were recording. So basically, what are hiring managers looking for during the interview process? Uh, what are they looking for with junior people? And I went out and I recorded our clients uh, talking about what they're looking for. What did you discover? Um, Some of the key things that you discovered from speaking and recording. They're looking for a personality. Okay. You know, technical is something we can always teach somebody. Uh, personality is really what's going to make that person fit long-term in an organization. I agree. And it's so important for the candidate and the client to realize that they're on the same page with that. Because I think sometimes candidates can go in an interview and they're so excited and they want the job. And then maybe they create a persona. But that's not going to be... So they sell themselves, which is great. I mean, you're, you're in an interview for a particular reason. Um, but is that actually the culture that you want long term? So I think asking questions as a candidate about the culture of an organization is really important for you to understand if that's where you want to be. So. When do you bring up money? Because what I get from a lot of the younger is oh, yeah. money's not first, not always, but it's there. Yeah. So I just because we're a little different, um, so you're probably hiring individuals yeah, directly. Yeah, yeah. Um, with our organization, we do ask candidates um, who are basically junior through to intermediate to not discuss uh, salaries. Our clients not know not to discuss that as well. That is a negotiation that our brand, Your like, brand we, does. we take yes. that over. Um, mostly because all, and we can talk about it, but all companies have a different package. They offer different perks, different benefits, whatever you want to call it. Uh, no two seem to be the same. I've no. rarely had a direct match. It would be um, detrimental to the process if that was not communicated properly between an employer and a candidate. It could it could definitely ruin a really great relationship and a potential placement for us. So we actually manage that entire process. It's actually ironic because, I mean, I know that everybody that I've met through this industry, they got into it because of the passion side of things. Yeah. They never really discussed money at first. Right. And we've done so many jobs and we work so many hours that, you know, when you actually sit down and calculate, we didn't really make that much money, but the fulfillment attached to what mm -hmm. we just accomplished is huge, right? Right. And I think that we tell all the people that are just getting into the industry not focusing on that money aspect of things and not to ignore the passion side of things and i think and i'm also going to speak to the older ones as well because we constantly are we're unemployed all the time and we get a new job all the time we're always hired and fired all the time right, right? so it's just like you finish a job and you get out of it and then you're gone and now i'm unemployed again and then you keep on that's right. our industry right so i think that you, even the old people like the older trades you'll do a, a huge service if you actually don't continue focusing on the money you just focus on what you're passionate about and i think that goes to the young getting in the old staying in and the yeah. old staying in right yeah and i think uh, about finances and money it's it is a good industry i think there's a misnomer there that um you know construction doesn't pay well or whatever it i i can tell you <laughs> they pay really well yeah um you might not start off with what you're looking for in the industry, but I mean, what industry doesn't take a junior person and make them cut their teeth into the market, right? Yeah. So, you know, maybe let's not slap that on the, that, that label on construction as an industry. I, because of the shortages we're having, which I'm starting to realize the shortages in multiple different industries, but because of the shortages we're happening, you will have opportunities when you get into this market to expedite 
your growth and show your worth. That's a fact, by the way. And that is a fact. Yeah. I, I have candidates calling me saying, I have no business being a director right now. You know, I'm in my 30s. I'm a director, you know, running some of them 50, 60 million dollar jobs. Um, and they know. Wow. And they know that they need help. They need coaching. They need some sort of mentor leadership. It's amazing opportunity. It's also scary for the future of construction because now what's going to happen is you're expediting a whole bunch of young individuals who might not be ready for these leadership leadership positions, but there's no choice because leadership is exiting, right? Um, and I, I brought. Do you that. have like some? I mean, I, we talk about it, Do but we don't have any hard numbers regarding how big is this gap in construction. Okay, it's not just in construction. So it's, it's, okay, so yeah, it's a bunch. Um, there's there's a shortage that I think is going to be happening in multiple industries. Um, just because I I have kind of boots on ground with other recruitment agencies as well that are not just construction specific. We are we construction were already behind for decades. Um, that much? Yeah, I would say decades. The amount of work that's in the pipeline that's going through, and I, I think I have some numbers here, so let me just kind sure, of... Sure, go ahead, take your time. ...read off some things here. Um, yeah, okay, so there, the RSM, which is a Canadian consulting firm, they do sort of like um, environmental sustainability, um, workforce governance, that sort of thing. Uh, 200,000 people have left the workforce as of March 2022, which is post-COVID. Part of that is early retirement. So a third of recent retired Canadians are early retirees, and that was backed by the Benefits Canada Insurance, which said 73,000 people retired by August 2022. And again, that was 30% compared to previous years. So That was a whole, they're part of that 200,000 plus yeah, people? Yeah, and, and that's just what was backed by uh, the Benefits Canada. But we're having a mass exodus of retirees that was already happening with the baby boomers. COVID happens, early retirement now sets in yeah. on top of it. I mean, the numbers when I was talking to Leuna, which is the um, labor's uh, union, this is like, this was going back three years ago, so I don't even know what it is now. Um, they were at, sitting at 400 people retiring a month. A month. A month. Of which we're talking about these individuals who have 20, 30 years experience who are retiring. I don't, I can't remember. I think it was like 1,200 people they were getting through the door a month in training, but they needed three new, new kind of trained people from the union to take over for one of the retirees. Sorry, so they need 1,200 going through the door every to replace that 400. To replace the 400. So for every 400 people that leave, 1,200. Were they getting 1,200? I don't remember. I, I, I can't remember because this was three years ago, okay. but I recall it being not so great. I remember it. And was, then what percentage of that 1200 would stay? Right. So that's the other thing. That's though. the other. Can you retain them? And I have this whole thing of recruitment's all great. Um, you know, we can, we can bring people, we can market to people. We can try to get individuals into this industry. What are we doing to keep them in the industry? That's a big hurdle. It's, it's a big hurdle. It's no different than sales. Yeah. It's easy to get the job. It's hard to keep the job. Absolutely. So so I think the next step is um, this immigration that's coming in. Um, so those is are that, also- Is that happening? Is that yes. confirmed? RSM has also reported the Canadian government will be relying on immigration to replenish storages or shortages, sorry. The mandate is 400,000 immigrants per year from 2022 to 2024. So that's just shy of 
one million immigrants that will be coming in the next two years. For the workforce. For the workforce. But then in that one year, how many are leaving now? How many are leaving and what industry, right? I mean, great. Love it. Uh, How are we organizing these individuals into pipelines to get them into the right job fast enough um, to get them into the industry that requires them? So this is an amazing opportunity for the construction associations, the construction industry to sit there and say, how do we take advantage of this? Which is um, some some rather large conversational pieces that I've, I've been trying to broach. So actually um, on November 30th, the t- the, so the building show this year, yeah. they've asked us to come back and I'm doing a panel-based discussion. So I do moderating for, um, I've done this last year and I did it previous to this. I do a lot of talk about diversity and inclusion, which includes these these immigrants that are now coming. Mm-hmm. We need to change the policy, the um, hiring practices, and sort of the stigma behind hiring immigration or immigrants, because this is our way out. This is this is how we're going to get out of this. Um, whether they are coming in at experience level, intermediate, or junior levels. We need to use these individuals in our industry because there just literally is not enough Canadians to take over the work that's coming down the pipeline. Are they, because that's been a problem of mine, that they're not recognizing the skills that immigrants bring to our country and they want them to start from scratch. And I think that's kind of wrong. Agreed. Right? Yeah. So I'm having that conversation at the building show. Um, That'll be interesting chat. And I'm having another one at, um, Design Build Forces, which is a new conference that's coming out at the um, Toronto International Convention Center. Okay. Um, Design Center, sorry. And um, I'm talking with Arido. So if you look at like PNG, Professional Engineers, um, OAA, the Architects Board, yep. you look at um, Arido, which is actually the Interior Design She's Board. Design, yeah. All of them have a certain uh, policy, a certain, um, what do you call it when you have like a, a grading system that people have to equivalent degrees it's a point to system a point system. Yeah. When are we going to address that point system and change it so we can be more inclusive? Why do we have it? Well, you have to have some sort of standard to be a professional engineer. There should be a certain standard that you have to reach, um, a, a, body governing individuals who are building our bridges and building our towers. So I completely agree with that. To your point, what are we doing to help individuals who are sitting on the sidelines, not able to break, even break into our industry, Never mind, get their work equivalated, have their degrees equivalated where they're not sitting in school or going back to courses for another two, three, four years. That, that situation needs to be. I think there's a sector of the, I guess people mm-hmm. that should also have a point system and that should be politicians. <laughs> you can, yes, you can I get just, into that I, conversation. I, we, yeah. uh, but I'm just saying, because I, my next question to you was I, it's amazing. And I, from what I gather from a lot of people that listen to the show and people that I speak through social media and construction in general, they do agree with the immigrant. They do agree with bringing in more. We have to replenish. We know it's, that's a viable option, but we still have to look towards our own homegrown talent yes. here. Yeah. Right, and that, I don't know how much they're doing about that, or how much we can do about that. Yeah, I'm unfortunately a little, um, I'd say jaded. I mean, I actually re-listened to one of our podcasts, okay. and it was so funny because you called me out, 
And it, I think it was the first one. Oh, I get done. nervous. Yeah, you know, you called me out and, and good on you. Uh, I had said, you know, like, I, I'm going to reach out to the government and I'm going to reach out to all these associations. And you're like, really? Because they're not answering my phone calls. And I was like, no, I'm stubborn. <laughs> we just had Luke on. So, you know, the new CEO of uh, Ontario Home Builders Association. Amazing. I'm communicating with Monty through DMs, but I'm getting a lot of runaround. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I actually, I sent a message to Ford. Like, I want to have these conversations. And my running joke is I want to see less suits and more workwear. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Like Really, really simple. Let's have a conversation. Why can't... if? And so, after listening to that yeah, podcast, yeah. it was so funny because in my, my mind, I was racking through all of the meetings that I had with different construction associations, with uh, with with uh, the Ministry of Labor. I was... You know, and I don't want to slam anyone... But I'll all I can picture, you know, when you have like a gif in your head, yes. all I can picture was me up against a brick wall, like bang, bang, <laughs> bang. And I'm like, that's okay. pretty much it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's pretty much it. So, you know, that's fine. I'll do it grassroots. Um, I'll get together with smaller groups and smaller organizations. That's all we can do now. We'll make some noise. We'll, yeah. you know, bang our little war drums and I'll be happy doing that. But maybe that's going to be a little bit more than whatever these other associations are doing. And, and again, I don't want to slam anybody, but you have such a siloed or industry. The whole industry is so siloed. Just break down some doors. Yeah. Shake someone's hand. Like There's got to be easier ways to achieve things. Come out to events, you know. Yes. Like different, just let's collaborate. Let's get together around a round table and say, what can I bring to the table? What can you bring to the table? You know, I, I actually think a huge opportunity was missed when COVID happened. We lost an entire sector, uh, the the hospitality yeah. industry. Where were all the marketing campaigns to reroute those people into apprenticeship Not a programs, single one. into Nothing. trades, um, different schooling, get them grants to get in? Like, you have one sector completely in a crisis mode, which, which I, I mean, I don't mean to, to sound dire, but that's kind of the feeling I'm getting from the industry. But nobody was there to lend a helping hand. Where, where was Nobody. it? Nobody. Where was it? And, you know, I don't, I sit there and I say, was, was that our responsibility? It's not. But could it have been? But as a nation. But as a nation. Right? As a group. As and a that's group. what Canadians are all yeah. about, right? Like, we are about helping each other out. Yeah. So, where did that, I mean, that's a whole other, you can get it down a whole other rabbit hole. Because there was hole. a lot of jobs. Yeah. There were a lot of yeah. jobs open and people were looking and there was grants from the government to pay for those open jobs. So what happened where that communication totally missed an entire group of people who were just sitting at home saying, I just lost my job. I don't know how to pay for this roof over my head or, you know, my kid's going to school. Like a lot of that happened. So I got a little passionate about it because so it was just like we missed the ball. <laughs> we totally did. I mean, I guess the only good thing is it was a lesson learned. Hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. I mean, but if you could, and without ruffling too many feathers, what would you do differently, Agnes, if you could? Yeah, you know, and I, it's such an overwhelming um, task to take on. I And we are we are trying. So as NextGen's trying, I've actually hired my our first hire out of the gate wasn't another recruiter. It was a community manager. Okay. Her name's Bernalee, Bernalee Barwise. She's amazing. She's creative. She wants to help people. Her job is to build the next-gen brand from the perspective of resource building. What groups are we collaborating with? Who are we getting involved with? Um, 
who are the players in the market and then what do what does the community need and i keep saying community we are going to let people know about the different events that we're going to we're going to let them know about events we're not going to um, we're going to keep posting videos on resume building um, you know different uh, fairs or job markets that are happening we want to be kind of a one-stop shop uh, for individuals whether you're an employee or an employer to just ask just send us an email, talk to Burnley. I need help building a pipeline. Who do I call? Who do I talk to? Um, I need How help. do they find you? Like how does a, a candidate even where to start? Like how to Google? Yeah, Just like. we're So we're on LinkedIn and, okay. and that's an issue onto itself because a certain market of individuals go on LinkedIn. It's not everybody. We are building our next gen brand on Instagram. That's something that we're actively working on. Um, I have a, a really great relationship with Shauna McKenzie, who, I mean, I can tell you everything about her. She's, she's just a wonderful, wonderfully dedicated person to trades. Uh, she works for Career Foundations, which is a employee Ontario affiliate. Her job is to build for free pipelines of um, entry level, of general labor, of anybody from the community into an employer's pipeline for them to hire from. Wow. Um, she calls it, I think, wor workplace planning or workplace development planning. Um, she gets funded by the government to do this. So I'm constantly preaching services like this where, you know, you as an employee can reach out to me and I'll give you her as a resource. Yeah. So um, we're building the next gen brand. I just want to be a spoke. If you can think of it as a spoke on a wheel, if we are the hub and we just shuffle information, so you come in and you say, I'm, I'm looking for a job. Okay, what level are you at? Well, I'm here. Okay, we can send you to this organization or you can come through us because you look like you're a good fit for our clients. Great. Um, are you connected to training facilities as well to get some extra training going on if someone um, needed it to kind of get into not yet no okay. um we've been doing our own sort of in-house training specific to as i mentioned uh interviewing and we're doing another one called skills development okay we've done two courses online uh, for skills development they're usually run about an hour it it's nothing um overly productive produced um i would like to redo the videos just so they're a little more uh professional but this was us doing grassroots like just getting it out there yeah i take people through linkedin free programs for bim for revit um you know if you want to learn how to do autocad it's all free these courses are free i take people through um construction estimation and uh some udemy courses that you can take which oh, wow. instead of paying okay. five six seven hundred dollars to go to school over you know like night courses you can go to udemy and you can probably grab our certificate or you can go directly to like procore and learn their construction management software for yeah. free so i do we have proco coming on the show next week or the week oh, after who? uh jazz you have jazz coming yeah, oh he's, he's coming. an amazing he's human being i yeah. met him a few times at the shows yeah. that's somebody i should definitely reach back out to because we wanted to do i'll something. mention it yeah okay yeah please do because yeah. i wanted to do something with procore for a long time we got we got it integrated with their educational department cool um, and we were going to do something fairly collaborative to not just reach uh, high school students, but we were talking about reaching um, elementary school. So building. Like, oh, you got to tell me more about that, like because that I totally agree with you. Yeah, and in um, again, we're back to back to the the 
basics. Um, this was something that I had developed relationships with OYAP, I, which is the Ontario Youth yep. Apprenticeship Programs. Um, we were with Durham District School Board. We were going to run pilots. I got involved with um, Simcoe, uh, so up towards Barrie. They're Catholic in public school boards. All of it kind of fell apart with the world, but um, I want to get back involved with that because I, I 100% agree. It's. Uh, but then know. do we need I guess we do government involvement to kind of. Uh, <laughs> I'll take I'll take I'll take the knife out of your back. I I just like how do I how do we do because I how do we do everybody in construction feels that we needed to be back in elementary yeah. definitely in high high yeah. school and then prepare yeah prepare these kids you do it right now that's part of yeah. uh, I guess Canadians I hear right and just you just get a bunch of people around a table and and like I said. It doesn't have to go. You think school and you think you have to go through the school channels. No, I don't. I can just do something on social media right yeah. now. I can do it on Snapchat. Not For that sure. I have Snapchat. Yeah. I don't have to work with programs that are going to be too difficult to work with. And that's where my head's at now. I, I have a dogged determination to get something off the ground. And, you know, our group in Burnley we're just going to pound on more doors and say you're in or you're out. And if you're out, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But if you're in, this is going to be all of us working together towards a common goal. I'll get us organized. I don't mind doing that. Um, and, and that's something we're starting this year. Um, just, just trying to do something again, you know, um, I reaching wanna, smaller kids. I want to backtrack a tiny bit about that. Yeah. I guess a 10 year gap would, would we say that there's a 10 year gap between what's who's leaving and who's coming in and uh, and i find that policymakers or politicians don't ever speak about that they don't realize that there's this void we feel it in the industry yeah we're concerned about it and then like what really is going to happen with that i i don't know um I, I think it is about a 10 year gap. So I'm trying to think of what age group it is. Um, I, he I heard it's that center point. So you've got 30s to 40s. Yes. Um, that seems to be definitely missing out. So we're either working with individuals who are incre incredibly tenured, um, you know, who have been in the industry for a very long time. That's not necessarily what everyone in the industry is looking or what an employer in the industry yeah. is looking for. Because um, some sometimes it's just you have your own way of doing something. So you'd like to bring in someone a little more junior or moldable, adaptable. Those are the people that don't seem to be there that um, have experience and at the same time can be more fluid, adaptable, flexible for yep. your growing needs. Um, that seems to be the gap that's missing, uh, which I would say maybe 30 to 45 somewhere. somewhere I think there. that's, yeah, I think you're right. That's the kind of age group yeah. that we're, we're concerned about. So either the 20 somethings decided to leave, they didn't stay. Yeah. Um, or they did stay and then they just kind of worked it through and now they've become late 40s and 50s. And, but now they're so close to retiring and leaving again. So we're just creating another hole at the other end of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, Ontario, and I, I don't remember exactly, but I think it's 15% um, of our population is retiring. Um, 15% overall, everything. overall of, okay, the, uh, yeah. no, of the Canadian population. I think okay. it's like 20%, 25% in Europe. Um, so you got to think about that from not only do we not have enough people joining the industry, in the industry, but at the same time we're losing, if you take that 15% across the board, just generalize it, we're losing 15% um, on top of it. I did see through the madness of the last three years, a lot of tradespeople actually leave Canada 
either go down south and work for the americans which is totally fine there's lots of work down there but yeah. i've also seen them go to europe yeah. and either start a whole new career and they left but i did see a lot of tradespeople leave oh, really? in, in one aspect or another just leave and i can only speak for more of the custom side resi world yeah. of it because yeah. that's what i'm very familiar with but there was a why. lot of people either early retirement or career change the same way that you had a lot of people i think not too long ago maybe 10 years ago you had a lot of professionals either engineers or inspectors or architects get into the industry because they want to be more hands-on yeah. and work on it but there has been a lot of people leave yeah, and, and sorry, that's what they're saying is more the, retirement, yeah, they're just, just different change of life. They, they don't want to keep on, like you have expressed, hit their head against a wall, right? Yeah. They're just, I mean, what else can I do? I've read stats recently where, you know, a typical GC in Ontario as of last year was 56K a year as an average, you know, fee. And then same with, you know, electricians and plumbers, they're up around 70 or closer to 80. Yeah. But it's also, you know, that's just standard rates. You're working 40 hours or what have you, and, and you can make more um but i guess they're looking at it like that's not enough for me to stay and still fight my battles i feel yeah. that everybody in construction has a, a battle to fight along with a career to create to build yeah and we shouldn't really have these battles to fight we should just be focusing on the career yeah and it's it's i think we're getting hit from multiple sides um so the stigma side of it you yes. know um dirty construction um you're you know digging trenches you're just a very stereotyped uh, version of what what construction has to offer uh, and I, I say construction and i think it's an umbrella term for engineering for yes. architecture it's all it's all in-house trades subcontractors all in-house um you know then we're getting hit with the um the the progression of technology right i mean there's not a whole lot of people that i know that are you know, my age or younger who are interested in being outside on a site, who are interested in working with their hands, if that's what the role is. Um, I think technology is going to be forced into construction more so than it currently is. And I think there's wonderful strides being made in technology, but with the lack of people joining computers in whatever technology is, is going to have to compensate for for our loss but we do have a generation that could technically get into construction by coming up with technology that we could be in the forefront right yeah yeah like there's an opportunity for you to still embrace your technical side of things yeah. and contribute to the construction side of things agreed agreed and i think that that's these wonderful programs like yeah. um like what mohawk has for their uh, technologist division so you don't have to go through this like crazy you know bachelor's degree and get into civil engineering and they have some of these shorter programs that are still great programs and they're technology based. So architectural uh, programming, architectural technology isn't just drafting on AutoCAD. A lot of these people do 3D modeling. Yeah. They do um, now these models, I think they even do 40. So you can model a building, forecast it over the span of its lifetime and then do the costing and figure. And it's like kind of, it's not automated. You still have to plug it in, but what a wonderful, idea that is right who took that and added it into construction and there's a disconnect there too like i mean 10 15 years ago watching tradespeople use a smartphone like just to kind of, <laughs> it, it, you know like you could have had a bone in one hand and the phone in the other like yeah. that's how neanderthal you could have looked right so it, there's that opportunity where they can come up and they have to come in and train yeah teach educate work with us are you finding that um that generation maybe like you know the 40s and plus who weren't as 
tech savvy or didn't have the experience with tech, are they starting to be more open? Oh, I think they were starting a long time ago. Okay, okay. I totally, I think it was, I, I joke about it because I'm no different. I'm part of that group, but yeah. I'm, I'm a little more tech savvy than the majority of them. But I mean, like it's it's evident that when you're using one finger to punch in certain messages on whatever social media or your email, yeah. sure, you're not that tech savvy, but guess what? The message is getting out there. So they're using the device for the purpose of the device. Are they yeah. using it to the max? No. That's where maybe you might want to hire somebody that's much younger that's very familiar with that, and then they can teach something to you, and guess what? You can teach something to agreed. them. Agreed. Agreed. There, right. It's a reciprocal relationship. Totally. And, um, you know, to your point of, of, of bringing young people in and technology in it's a two-way streak you have to have technology fit into yes. the industry so people are comfortable with it like it needs to be providing obviously um some sort of progressive route but at the same time you need to have leadership be open-minded and see how maybe that can take away from somebody's hours or tedious work and, and give them more space to be creative and, and, and think outside the box. Because from my standpoint, when I was in the construction industry as a project manager, construction manager, a lot of my job was creative problem solving. Yeah. So if I got bogged down in the weeds of scheduling and budgeting and quotes and all that, maybe there's a system or technology out there and i'm sure there is they have tons of these crms now, right, or construction management programs and they do a lot of this automatically for you but then that leaves you the time to be creative in your problem solving and come up with really great ideas when you have to overcome hurdles or because every site we know every single site is going to have a problem some way somewhere some way <laughs> that's construction yeah um so but giving people the space to deal with that versus the you know, tediousness of what the job is, right? But it, it's funny because smartphone technology and construction was designed for the same reason it was designed for any other industry. And I think the, the better you get the old dogs, for lack of a better word, um, understanding that this new technology will streamline your business, yeah. which basically makes it more efficient, which basically makes it more profitable, which basically makes you more successful. Yeah. Once they realize that, there's a reason why you've spent so much money and effort and training on new tools and new tasks and new tricks and new everything. Yeah. Why aren't we not doing that for the same thing regarding the tech side of the business or the paper for lack, you know, paper side of the business? Yeah. Most, most of my clients that we work with have something. Okay. Um, so we, we do onboarding of clients and we will actually interview them on their softwares and technologies and I'm pleasantly pleased. Uh, most people at the base have uh, a Microsoft, it's called Microsoft uh, Project. Okay. It's like a basic scheduling, monitoring platform that they can use. Um, a lot of them have a builder trend or a similar construction a management. A platform like, similar, yeah. But that has become much more prevalent. Um, you know, 10 years ago, so I started 10 years yeah, ago. It was we had Excel. Yeah, I know. Right? There's still a lot of guys who are doing Excel or the classic uh, piece of wood Excel. You know, like that would be their go-to. Right. And unfortunately, they still are doing that. I mean, we joke about it. The contractor's notepad, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that, but there is evolution. I think there is a lot of people realizing, hang on, we can streamline this, which means we can make more money. Yeah, and, and I'm seeing that. And I'm yes. seeing that. I mean, the uh, front of your car is still your office, but at least now you can Wi-Fi hook up yes. quickly to a server and update all your data. Or, yeah. you know, I've seen... Um, some contractors walking around with iPads now. And yes. so they document uh, deficiencies or they can do a live time meeting. When I was doing construction management and I was, I remember, oh my God, 
I remember this. <laughs> I'm, I was driving to Forest Hill. We had a house that we were building and something had gone wrong. I, I, I don't remember what, but something had gone wrong. And I'm driving up Bathurst and I'm trying to turn left before I get to Eglinton. And okay. I knew, I knew I couldn't turn left at that light. And at the same time that I'm like on my phone, I have my laptop on the seat open and I'm turning, obviously legal left. I get a call from a site super from Florida for one of our houses and something's gone wrong there. So now I get pulled over by the cops. <laughs> so the one thing you didn't <laughs> notice was the police around you. Okay. I am a bawling, sobbing mess at this point. <laughs> and all I can think of is how beautiful is it that I am now managing my site in Florida virtually because he had called me with a virtual call. I mean, I was getting my ticket. Well, that was a virtual call too. It was a virtual call. Yeah. So the cop was just not <laughs> impressed. Um, I did not get demerit points. Thank goodness. But that was a very expensive <laughs> ticket. Um, regardless, either way, that was my first kick at the can of technology helping me because here I am monitoring a site, you know, thousands of kilometers away. Uh, and, and we, we got the job done like at that time in that moment. And I know that's, it's just a video call and we're so used to video calls right now. Yeah. But I, then, but then like yes. I had a Blackberry, right? Yeah. Do you remember the Blackberry? <laughs> no, I never had one. Oh God. I it didn't make any sense to me. I went right to the iPhone. That's all I, I did. I loved my Blackberry. Really? I, if you, if where is Blackberry now? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think they have up. a bunch of parts and a bunch of different products. I think they're associated. I, I love the little keyboard. Anyways. Okay. Getting off topic, but um, yeah. So do you still have eight tracks? No, okay. I, don't, I don't think I know what an A-Trax is. <laughs> Anybody, like, I guess, would be 50 and older? Yeah, so I'm, a gran I'm the grandmother of the millennials. Okay. Like, I'm like one of the first years that we started getting called okay. millennials. I, maybe Laserdisc. Do you have a Laserdisc? Like a CD? No, like a movie Laserdisc. It was the size of a vinyl, like a, a record. Yeah, they had movies like that before. They try It never took off. This would have been right after VHS and no. Beta and stuff. I had, I had my aunt's cassette collection cassette it player. wasn't mine yeah no i never had a walkman um which i think is like that was like a this is i feel so bad this is like a little thing though in your pocket yeah it was a little device that you could have music for one i had a disc one a discman i still have a discman, discman as well too. yeah yes. i had one of those yeah so it was just one cd and that's it it was yes but it's amazing how quickly technology has moved yeah. and construction probably took the longest to move it move with it potentially yeah potentially um you know i and again this is this is technology i was in technology and construction uh mike and i just got back from spain it was a, a bucket trip that we've been wanting to do and nice. we went to barcelona in barcelona there's a famous architect uh gaudi gaudi so when someone says something so gaudy never, never want to fall on gaudy. any of his buildings because no. you'll just be impaled but beautiful beautiful, <laughs> but beautiful work beautiful work yes so the Sagrada Familia is a building that has been under construction, I think 150 years, something like that. Generation passed. Generations passed. Yes. Um, and we were walking through it and we're walking all around the towers with the construction happening and you just see these mass amounts of cranes going up and they're putting on these little, you know, like terrazzo tiles and everything's getting polished. It's just... The craftsmanship is out of control on this building. And all I can think was they expedited the completion of this project because the advances in technology yeah, have for allowed sure. for this type of precast work, laser cutting work, um, the cranes and the ability to get multiple cranes up on a, such a small space. All of that 
is some sort of advancement in technology. So this, the Sagrada Familia, is going to be completed in our lifetime. It had no business yeah. being completed in our lifetime. So think of that, right? I'm, I'm sure that, and I probably look forward to this, is there's got to be a documentary being made about the rebuilding of Notre Dame. Oh, right? The yeah. whole, the whole burning of it, right? right. So now right. you're going to rebuild something that was built so long ago, built a certain way, but you're definitely going to yeah. build it with today's tech. And so, so I'd love to see a documentary about how they did that, how they achieved that, because I think there's still going to be that hand and hammer skill attached to yeah. the work, but there's going to be technology attached to it. Yeah. It has to be that way. There's, there's an elegance to um, hand completed work. Yes, there's an sure. elegance to it. Sure. Um, and I do believe that we should not lose that, uh, that craftsmanship that goes into these buildings because it's art. Really, you're, when, you, when you create something like the Sagrada Familia or the Notre Dame, uh, it's, it's a piece of culture, which is art, which is, you know, uh, it's their entity. It's their yes. identity. Um, that should be done by a local person, a local artist. We should right? also like be embracing it here, too. Yeah. I mean, I w I've had people on the show before, and they've, they've gone abroad to get a lot of skill training. Right. And, I mean, we should be doing that here. We should be right. opening it up, either out west or in Ottawa or here in Ontario. We should have more of that. I think that's how you get homegrown talent embracing and wanted to be in the industry. Yeah. If you give them training facilities or outlets for them to actually practice their skill yeah. set then you'd be getting a lot of people from other countries coming to canada yeah that's an opportunity and, and and there's there's a disconnect or a gap there as well when you go to europe um, i'm i'm european background uh there is a uh, passion or um pride yes there is a cultural pride yes. for skill trades i just don't feel like we maybe have that here we don't um Again, that comes back to the stigma. The we have the stigma before we have that. That yeah. stigma is still there. Yeah. But it's not before the passion. Right. That's And that's what we, as a generation that's in this industry, we have an obligation, I think, to contribute to change that. How? How do you do that, right? <laughs> if I knew that, yeah. like, I don't know how you would do that. I mean, are you not in awe when you travel and you see how certain... Anybody Absolutely. that's in construction, they've traveled and they're walking around structures that have been around for so long. They're they're not looking at it in awe. They're looking at it in how it was built. Yeah. And they're trying to place themselves in the person's hands that built it. Yeah. We don't do that here. So we should actually start doing that here. And that goes, again, back to, you know, the policymakers and everybody that's doing this. Enough with the political theater and actually start doing, you know, factual theater. Well, and I think that's going back to uh, younger individuals, going back to high schools and elementary yes. schools. Um, you know, I came from a vocational school. Uh, it's not there anymore. Uh, I don't know how many vocational schools there are or training schools. But how many are. little things, Agnes, did you build that you were oh, like, tons. I remember like chessboards and, and you're building yeah. little things and intricate yeah. things and you're, you're, it's all the same principles. You're using certain tools, hand or power, you're using skill and you're problem solving. You're trying to figure out how mm -hmm. to build something. Then you're proud of what you built. That's not given to any child now. No. And, and you know, it, it's something, so remember I was telling you I was going to do my basement. Yeah. There, there's a sense of pride in doing my basement. There's a challenge in doing my basement. There's also a s independence, a skill set independence. When when your when your lights go out, right? Like you know something's blown in your electrical panel. You call an electrician. Well, what if there's no electrician because we don't have enough electricians to make all those house calls? 
are you going to figure out how to fix your electrical? Or, or should you figure it out? Should you figure right? out? Do yeah. you even know where your electrical panel is? Do you know what a fuse is between or different fuse boxes? And there, there's a lot of just common basic knowledge about home maintenance that I think we should be teaching individuals um, and, and maybe not making that a, uh, what do you call it, course, not mandatory. Like it should be a mandatory course. Yes. Because... If we're running out of people to fix the bigger problems or the or grow the, the, the bigger infrastructure, and then you have a whole slew of homeowners who have no idea how to maintain their own home, what's going to happen? Right? But a lot in the industry kind of like that because then they'll have to call us. Like, I mean... Oh, agreed, but you can't reach all of us. No, you can't, right? right? But servicing and plumbers... They love that. That's their bread and butter. Oh, so absolutely. you've got a clog and you, they know how to do it because they're professionals. They can come in a half hour of their time and they can bill it. And then you save my house, you save my life. And right. That's it. But there are certain things that I, I think they're just basic stuff that homeowners or people should know. Drywall. But there also should be taught certain things should be left to the professionals. Yes. You, you yeah. don't start taking four screws off on an electrical panel and start tinkering around with a, a screwdriver and just go, what's this all about? And what's this all about? And start right. touching it. Like there's basic principles of safety at that point. Yeah. Yep. Gas and I mean, plumbing, I guess. Yeah. And there's a lot of that stuff. But there's Structure. a lot that you should know how to do around your house. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and, there are things you can do. Smoke alarms, filters, right. all kinds of yeah. things. Yeah. Cleaning out your eaves troughs. Yes. Like just even installing an eaves trough, right? I don't, if, unless you're redoing your whole house and that can be dangerous and fall from heights and all that. If there's just a section, I mean, are you going to call someone who might not come or are you going to learn how to put up that section, right? Yes. Uh, I was told you I did my laundry room. I learned how to cut down countertops and I, I connected my um, washing because I had to move my washer, stack it with my washer and dryer. So you moved this? All YouTube. Okay. All YouTube. Really? So I learned how to stack it. I bought the right kit. So I stacked it. I took down one of my cabinets. I'm like, okay, now I have more space. Okay, I need a countertop. How do I make a countertop? And then so I was like Googling countertops and I bought like the the, the router, you know, the, the jigsaw and I wanted to use the existing sink, but then I put the, the plumbing line. So I learned all of this and it took a really long time. But there was a pride, a satisfaction, and now I've learned a significant skill set because I'm very comfortable now um, cutting and, and, and safely cutting and putting. And but you've in. got some construction Agreed. know-how. Agreed. I'm that's still my point. There's a lot of people that, and, and millennials, like elder millennials, and I don't want to joke, but they don't even know how to hang, hang a picture. Like I just, yeah. Yeah. like that's kind of scary. So maybe a community-based program, running community programs. And where's that going to, who's going to, and what, and how is going to handle. You just have an idea and you work it back. That's kind of what I go with. So There's other battles I have to fight instead of that. <laughs> I'll take them all on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes me think because you did your own, you're doing a lot of your own work. And what color tool are you? You and your husband. Color tool. Yeah, what brand? Do you have a preference or I no? I have a Milwaukee okay, red, red drill. Red, okay. And it does everything for me. Okay. I love the way you said Milwaukee because I'll say it that way now from now on. Oh, no. How are you, <laughs> <laughs> no, how are you supposed Milwaukee. to say it? Milwaukee. How are you supposed to say it? Milwaukee. Didn't I say it that way? Uh, Milwaukee. Okay. It was almost like a, <laughs> I don't want to use it. <laughs> 
So you have a drill, but then jigsaw was what? A Milwaukee as well? Uh, no, that's a Mastercraft. Okay. Um, I actually have a few Mastercrafts, and then I have a Deloitte, a massive drill Deloitte, because I was taking out some concrete in the basement. Deloitte? Is it Deloitte? Deloitte? Delo DeWalt? DeWalt. I'm going to use Deloitte now. <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> well, anybody who's a DeWalt is really going to get upset. They're going to like, it's, it's a big yellow one. I know. It's heavy duty. It's a Deloitte now. I'm going to start calling it Deloitte. That's, um, Please don't. No, 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 no. It's just all good. It's all fun. No, but I love that you, you actually... Like you'll, but you also speak to people. You'll figure it out and you try to, instead of just abandoning, like, I don't know how to do this. I don't want to touch this. Okay. Rona, Home Depot, Lowe's. If you go in the middle of a work week, um, they are all retired tradespeople. Yeah. And they are awesome. And I just sat there and I showed them pictures. And I was, I was that girl with the doe eyed being like, WTF what do I do? Yeah. And they were great. They walked me around the store. They'd put, you know, that little bit and they say, this is how you attach it to this. And this is the spout and the diameter you need. No idea what they were talking about. I mean, I generally had a clue of how this needed to look at the end, but those little intricate pieces that the washers that you needed, I wasn't going to put a washer in. And the gentleman, you know, John Smith. There's at the all Rona. these little yeah. secrets that yeah. we're aware of. I yeah. know. So it, my advice to anybody who's looking to take on a project is yes, do your research, go on YouTube, but just talk to the people at these stores. They're fun. You'll learn something. They'll direct you in the right way. And they seem to be very um, cost conscientious, which I, which I appreciate. I appreciate that they don't direct you to the most expensive tools, knowing that you're probably going to use it once or twice. That's another thing to consider. Yeah. yeah. If I'm only using a saw couple of times in its lifetime versus something that, you know, somebody's going to be using as a tradesperson every single day. I don't want to spend $400 on it. You don't need to. And I don't need to. So the you, what you pretty much did is the same thing that we do as professionals whenever we're on a job site. If I see an architect or an engineer or another production manager or any like that project manager or anybody, I'm picking their brain. Yeah. I'm picking yeah. their brain for future projects that I'm going to be working on because yeah. I don't know everything. So you've got a resource here ask yeah absolutely. what's the worst that's gonna happen and then i've never even had i've never met anybody in the industry that has said no i'm not gonna answer you they've always <laughs> like they yeah. always are so eager to answer you they want to problem solve okay explain exactly what you're doing here okay and then you'll just figure it out and if it means that you have to get a piece of paper and start drawing it out we start discussing it so you yeah. discussing it with those people is the same thing that us discussing it to other professionals we're all trying to help each other out. Yeah. And you know, you know, it's really interesting. Um, this is another of one of my crazy ideas that I want to take on. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to do it. You're going to see, I'm going to do it. Um, I've always wanted to run a mentorship program. The amount of people that I'm connected with who just want to do something, they need to be pointed in some sort of direction. And I was like, online, We've, we could do it virtually. Yes. Why, why couldn't we? It would be inexpensive. You could reach people across Canada, different time zones. Um, and I was like, if you could rally the people who genuinely want to help as a mentor or a leader or share those stories, like yep. you were talking, if you could just get those genuine people, you can book them with that whole slew of the next generation coming in who just don't know what they're, they're doing. They don't or know who to so, ask or who to ask, or maybe they have a problem. So I, I'd love to come up with some sort of mentorship program that's just easy to use you hook up with somebody on on um, maybe the same industry or same ethnic background as you i don't know like 
I agree with you. And I think that, and I've said this, I I try to constantly, I'm trying to get Andrew Prete back on the show. He's a trim carpenter, young guy, just started a brand new family, super cool guy. And he's trying to get his mentor on the show. He was like, I want to get, I want to get the guy who taught me. And this guy is a trim carpenter, old school in his mid to late sixties. And Andrew's in his late twenties, early thirties. And I'm like, the industry wants this. They need this match made kind of thing because all these older trades are leaving but they still want to talk like they still want to share they're just not being given the opportunity to sit down and share with somebody and talk to somebody and then you've got the younger generation maybe a little intimidated or afraid to reach out or speak but if we if you can make the connection yeah that's and and that's all how many war stories can be shared because think of all the experiences that are out there of just like really random and crazy things that have happened on a site and if you could share those stories and, and get that information out to these younger people who might not have a direct mentor or coach or something in, in their workplace, um, you might be able to get them to critically think about something or trigger a, a situation where it's like, oh, actually that's happening to me right now, right? Yes. This is how I'm gonna, so maybe you save a timeline, a schedule, a person's sanity just by sharing these stories. So, and I think if you help one person, that's good enough, right? Like keep going but just have that mindset of let's if we help a couple of people that's good that's good um so let's just keep going that's us just doing it ourselves now right yeah and then don't have any government interference at that point i just yeah i'm so tired of it (laughs) (laughs) well how naive i was no you're not naive and the thing is like if it if it's helping great yeah yeah you know but if it's not helping and, and I, I would love for NextGen to become some sort of beacon. I don't know what it looks like. And you can ask me the strategy, and I don't have a strategy. I am flying by the seat of my pants for half of this. But we're doing something, and it's working, and we just want to keep growing that, right? Um, but if NextGen can be that beacon that people come to and just kind of have, have that shared story around that table, um, I think it'll help somebody. For sure. Well, I think it'll help somebody. Do you want to chat a little bit about um, uh, WIT and, and how that yes. whole connection came about? Um, okay. So WIT is Women in Technology and Trades out of Mohawk College. Um, I had been reaching out years ago to a number of women in construction groups. And this is one of the groups that I just fell right in step with. They are a talented group of women. They are very dedicated and loyal to their cause. Um, They are consistent in their work, which I think is very important because you can volunteer on any board and that's great, but unless you're actually doing something consistently uh, and helping people, I, you know, what's the point? But they consistently help young women in uh, technology and trades. Um, and we just want to let everybody know that, okay, so we're recording this on the Sunday, which is the 12th, no, 13th. Yes. And on Wednesday, Wednesday. November 16th. Um, so this is at Mohawk college. They're doing a symposium called exploring workforce expectations. It's from six to nine. So you just click the register button and all you have to do is go to mohawkcollege.ca forward slash women dash technology dash trades. Uh, and then you'll see the events on the left-hand side yeah. and it's free registration. Uh, just a call out to just women in positions of uh, any sort of mentorship, leadership, who want to be a mentor, want to be a leader, uh, women who are hiring managers, 
you know, come out and show support. Um, this is something that we need to help each other. We need to support each other. Yep. It's not going to come from outside the industry. It's going to come from us. So uh, again, back to grassroots, just get a it's couple of the only way you can really do it. Yeah, there's food, there's beverages. They do networking. Uh, Wit, Wit throws a really good event, um, I'll have to say. And the last one that they did was at the Joyce, Joyce Center, Joyce Innovation Center which is on the Mohawk College. It's a net zero building. So it was built by the school net zero. It actually generates more energy than it takes. Nice. So it passes the energy off to the other buildings, which is very cool. And the students had a hand with that or did they? I believe they did, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah which I is great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a good event. And then you, you're you supporting them. You're working with them. Yeah. Any other plans going on for early next year? Yeah, Um. I, I wrote down everything. See, Go I told ahead, you, I'm shoot. like, I'm prepared. Totally um, shoot. So, okay, uh, the building show is coming up uh, for November 30th, running to December sec uh, 2nd. It it's three is, days, yeah. It's a three-day affair, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So on November 30th, I'll be on the main stage at 1 o'clock. Um, my seminar code, if you're looking to come into the seminar, is MW105. Uh, so MW105. I'm doing a panel discussion with Shauna McKenzie, Greg Herman. So Shauna McKenzie is the director for employment with uh, Career Foundations. I'd mentioned her. That name sounds familiar to me. Yeah, I mentioned her, her earlier in the conversation. Okay. She does uh, workforce planning, recruitment for employers across Ontario. She's an employee, um, Ontario uh, employee affiliate. So her organization is basically subsidized by uh, Employment Ontario to help the trades industry. So she's an amazing human being. Um, Shauna McKenzie. Then I have Greg Herman, who comes from uh, an engineering company, Engineering Link. He's people and culture. So he's engineering was one of the, the perspectives we wanted to take. And these are all guest speakers along these with you? These are all guest speakers. Oh, that's going to be an interesting conversation. And then I have Adrian Slugo, who's a dear friend of mine. Um, he's also the VP for strategic development at Pomerlo, which is a, a national GC here in uh, Canada. Um, Let me ask you, are these people all approachable so anybody who's listening any one of them that's what i mean they, i know the answer yeah, yeah. shauna is uh reach out ask a reach question out, and ask you out. will get somebody coming back you'll get you. somebody yeah, yeah. They're, they're they seem to be heavily involved or at least progressive that they want to do something in this industry and, and build it from the inside out um we're doing the panel discussion how to address the labor shortage challenges today so that's that's at one o'clock november 30th main stage on December 1st at 2.30, um, Young Leaders Exploring Paths to Career Growth and Their Role in the Workplace is another panel discussion. This is the second year running that they've done it. They sold out the last conference. Uh, shout out to my husband. That's his conference. That's his uh, <laughs> panel. He did a really, really great job. Uh, his code is TS112. He is the director of coaching at NextGen. Uh, John Abel is the president at Navicon, which is a civil uh, civil subcontractor out in Brantford. So okay. they do like sewer, water main, infrastructure, road work. Uh, Jennifer Benedict is coming on. She's fantastic as well. Uh, director at Metrolink. So infrastructure works there. And then Margot Pomelo, which is a, another dear friend of mine. Um, she's a partner at NBC Law and she practices construction litigation. Okay. So these are all young individuals coming and talking about pathways into like their stories and how we can get more young people involved and coach the younger generation so that's a whole conversation about career coaching and, and youth in construction um and then one of the things that we decided to do this year i'm super excited about we partnered with the building show to create the career hub 
So instead of it just being next gen, you know me, I'm all about collaboration. Um, We invited Shauna's group, so the Career Foundations, to come into one booth with us. Then we reached out to the Carpenters Union and we invited them to come to the booth. So somebody can come to this booth who's an employer, who's looking for a job, who's looking for uh, subsidies, who's looking for teaching, whatever you need, if it's job related, you come to us and one of these three parties will be able to look after you in some capacity, right? Like just come, we'll help you out. Um, so this is going to be an important show. I know that bouncing back last year yeah. and everyone. It was slow last year yeah. and, and that's okay. It's we good that went. now there's a lot there. So you can literally go for the three days and you can go and yeah. listen to and speak and then go. I love the hub mm-hmm. idea. I, yeah. we, we wanted to do something where um, we got the industry involved. So yeah. that's, we're running um, career coaching at 12 o'clock noon on the 30th and then on the 1st. On the Friday, we're doing it at 10 a.m. The career coaching is Mike's coming in and doing individual one-on-one coaching with with people who come to our booth. Oh, wow. It'll be over the course of an hour. We're also going to be telling people how to discuss bonuses, how to discuss promotions. What do you need to get into the industry? So skills coaching. And then do you afterwards. you have to book these one hour? No, just show up. Just, just show, show up. up. Okay. Show up um, Wednesday or Thursday. So the 30th or the 1st, show up at 12. Uh, and then on the Friday, on the 2nd, show up at 10 because it's a half day. Yeah. Uh, and that's career coaching. So you'll learn some tools to take with you to either your current employer, your next employer, or for yourself to coach yourself emotionally as a business. Yeah. As a business, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, sorry for doing more. No, no, you go ahead. This is like amazing. I can't believe that. How are you going to pull all this stuff? Like it's, you're I, all ready to go. Yeah, we're ready to go. Everything's okay. done. Um, the same days on the 30th and then on the 1st at 3 p.m., we're running mock interviews. So if you are a junior, you've never interviewed before, maybe you're new to this country, um, you just need help in interviewing. We're actually going to do a live um, interview. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be interviewing one of my recruiters. We'll go through a demonstration. We have PDFs that we're going to be printing and handing out to people with uh, resources because yeah. I also have it linked to our website. Our website has some of those video recordings that we did a couple of years ago on like literally what are people looking for in the interview process. And then we also give you resources for um, resume building. So platforms you can go and build your resume on. Uh, and then Friday, it's going to be at the 12 o'clock. So we really just want to help people. Like it's it's as genuine as it gets. So don't be yeah. shy about it. Just like immerse yourself into it and yeah. just start asking questions. Yeah, just show up and mm-hmm. somebody's going to help you there. I don't know how or which way. I remember I had a, a last year, gentleman show up. He had only been in the country for about six months. His English was fantastic. He was a structural engineer and he, he was looking for work. So at the time, I didn't know anyone who was looking for a structural engineer. Grabbed his resume. He did an interview with Ariel at our booth. Grabbed his summary. I took him to market the next day and he was hired. I think he was hired about a week or two later. Just, I, I didn't have anyone who was looking for a job. Yeah. I just knew he was going to be somebody that would be dedicated, passionate. He's got this incredible experience. Even though he has to take a, you know several steps back and start yes. as a junior, he was willing to do it because he was confident in his skill set to get some how long did i take him to do that to kind of get back on path um so i i I followed him a little bit um he's now a uh eit structural so that's an eit is an engineer in training so he's had to redesignate back in canada um but he's working towards his eit he's he's a year into it now i forget how long the equivalent 
equivalency processes. Okay. Um, but he's working as a uh, drafter, drafter for a structural steel company. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. And that's what we want. And that's what, and that's what it's we need. as simple need. as that. And that's what we uh, need. That's actually, you're right. That's what we really need. Yeah, that's what we need. So, but somebody so took a chance on him. You got a lot on your plate. Yes. Yes. What else is it? Nothing else going on? Um, Design Forces, Toronto International Design Center is being postponed until April, uh, to be determined. So April 2023. Okay. Um, and that's going to be for interior designers, for architects, uh, for various vendors, trades uh, to come who do residential, commercial, um, the, the Toronto International Design Center. Are you familiar with it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's a, a lot of exhibitors and vendor space. And they're I haven't there. been to it in a while, but yeah, yeah. And I think they're trying to do something a little bit more like um, more conference related. So more networking conference. Is uh, a Rito part of it or? Yes. Okay. Rito. So Sharon, uh, for, I'm so sorry. I forgot her last I've name. I've spoken to her briefly. She's yeah. The director president yeah. at a Rito. Um, wonderful uh, woman, very smart. Um, and she's been changing hiring practices and policies from the Arito side. So okay. they're actually putting a lot of diversity and inclusion in their practices so they can be ready for the influx of uh, what immigrants or just reaching out to new, new sectors, new industries and seeing who they can get from those areas. So love the work that she's doing. Um, so that's been pushed to the spring. Yeah. I don't know what was, I, I don't know what happened. Um, Wasn't it always in the Oh. No, this is going to be the first year. Okay. They were going to run it. Uh, it. It just passed. They were going to run it on um, the 10th of November, and then they had to postpone the event. I just, I think still everyone trying to come out trying of the Trying to figure out. Trying to, yeah. yeah. And think about it. I mean, I don't know from your side, but everyone I'm talking to is just so swamped with work. Um, it, it seems like that's the default excuse maybe to not come out to these events. It's like, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And I get it. But these events are moving the industry forward. So, so might also be a part of that forward thinking. Just like show up to one or two. Yeah, that's two. all it is. <laughs> yeah. Are you not concerned at all about potential threats of recession next year and things kind of slowing down? I don't know. Um, we've had a lot of our uh, developers start to maybe slow, slow down, down the hiring front. Um, that's usually an indicator uh, the architectural firms are not. So the way I see it is is um, kind of a wave. So we look at the developers as one wave. You look at the architects as a second phase wave. Then you've got the general contractors that come through. And then we work with a lot of commissioning um, agencies. And so there's, there's these waves. The wave that I'm seeing the busiest amount of work is the architectural wave. Interesting. Right? But that doesn't mean that always translates into construction. So they're preparing things. Yes. Yeah. But things could also be put on they're hold. They're hiring like crazy. They're we, hiring like crazy, yeah. Most of our roles right now are in the architectural field. So um, architectural designers, drafters, um, technologists, intern architects and architects. Which is directly connected to engineers as well too then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. On the equivalency. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on, the, on that side, you'd have engineers as well. Um, and we've done quite a bit of work. Actually, I have seven roles right now for uh, engineers. We have about, uh, at any given time, we have anywhere from 20 to 30 roles ongoing. Wow. Yeah. And we're a small team. We're a small, small, lean team. Um, you know, we do want to grow. We do want to um, scale the business. But I always believe quality over quantity. 
our clients have been with us and, you know, huge shout out to our clients that came with us all the way through COVID and everything. Cause there was a lot of, no, nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, but I have to say we have an incredible client base who believe in next gen, believe in what we're doing. They do get involved with us to some degree uh, on a lot of the extracurricular stuff. Um, and they listen. So when we say this is a good candidate, their resume, their project list might not be reflective in your mind yeah. of what you're looking at. Trust us enough after you know seven years of working with you to know that this person's going to be a fit for you. And we usually do one and done type hires. I'm very confident in our ability to do a one and done hire. Yeah. Yeah. You guys aren't going anywhere. I mean, you guys, are like, from when I first met you guys and you were talking about everything, I was like, this is a good thing that's going to stay. You're just going to yeah. try to figure out who you're going to pass it on to when it eventually gets to that point, which you're not there yet. No, no. no you're still building yeah. it. And yeah. then, but I mean, everything that you're contributing to the industry is totally working which yeah. is great. And Thanks. it's just, it's more opportunities for more people to get into the industry. So I'm always been a huge fan of anything that pushes this industry forward Yeah, on a positive yeah. level. Right. Are you finding people like you're saying people like, are they wanting to get involved just from your end? Do people seem to want to help to, they, they do want to help, but they also want to make sure that whatever they do contribute to, because a lot of this is also on our, part-time basis like we still have a business to run we yeah. still have work to yeah. do we still have our personal lives and then but i find that everybody in the construction industry wants to contribute to a greater good yeah so this is this is part and it's just a matter of how many greater goods can we all attach to so then we can help move it forward yeah. but we also still do need more help from other sort resources as well and that's where the government tie-in comes in right yeah and I, I definitely do want to get more political people in here so we can not to attack to question to just have yeah. a conversation what can we do to help each other that's yeah. what we do in construction we're always problem solving like you said at the very beginning of this whole thing it's all about problem solving it's, we have a new problem we solve it yeah next generation the new generation is going to learn faster than the way we learned but they're going to create their own problems and then they're going to have to teach those problems to the next generation yeah. and so it's on it's going to look different yeah yeah so we're just uh i definitely am embracing it but we also are questioning what's going to happen and we want to just keep on building it that's yeah. all it is so and starts with conversation. No, I love the work you guys are doing too. Thanks. And I think uh, podcasting and, and getting stories out there, um, you guys do a really good job at that. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I think we want to just do the 12 questions unless there's anything oh, else. I want to okay. redo them with you. It's been a while, but I, th um, I think we, uh, is there anything else you want to mention or? Look at my notes. You covered a lot, uh, quite a bit. Everybody would do a huge, like, honestly, get to the shows. Like, get, yes, you get, get a chance, <laughs> go to the show this Wednesday, and then also plan to go to Construct Canada. I mean, like, this is a massive show. The, the building show's coming yeah. up. Construct Canada's coming up. Uh, World of Concrete. Everything. That's in the States. But there's, there's so, and there's so many individual smaller groups you can get involved yeah. with. Um, just, just make an effort. Just make an effort. As simple as that. Yeah, just as simple as that. That's it. All right, Agnes. Uh, everybody, again, www.nextgenprofessional.com. It's agnes at nextgenprofessional.com, and it's on Instagram, nextgenjobs. Also, you'll find them on uh, LinkedIn as well. 12 questions. Here. What is your favorite construction word? BIM. Building what? information modeling. BIM. What is your least favorite construction word? Uh, scheduling. <laughs> What turns you on in construction? The final product. Yeah. 
What turns you off in construction? The dirt. <laughs> What's your favorite curse word? We've been keeping it and if you don't want to swear, you don't have to swear. My favorite curse, curse word. word. I don't want to swear. Don't don't swear then. No, I'm I'm giving people a pass. <laughs> what is it? Poppycock. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Oh, um, shoot. I drove in it once. It was this beautiful Lincoln. Of course, it was a freaking Lincoln. Um, but it was like a giant SUV Lincoln. Oh, it was gorgeous. Like it had monster. mahogany. Yeah. Beautiful inserts. So it was, it was a library study with cigar and brandy on wheels. Yes. <laughs> that would be ideal. <laughs> what is your least favorite vehicle? Um, my first car. Which is? Was? It was a Land Rover Disco from 1996. I carried a $20 bill in my pocket because it broke down at least once a week oh that's synonymous with land rover no <laughs> all right the english don't know how to make those things but what construction sound or noise do you love constructions Ugh, not many i have to admit um just seeing as we just went through renovations and construction still have i've got like ptsd <laughs> bang, bang. yeah uh sorry <laughs> nothing at all some people have chosen silence I like uh, the sound that compound makes when the slooping noise, like the goopy noise when compound goes on a wall. Oh, and you're spreading it with a knife? Yeah, that like goopy mixed with like the, the sh like scraping yeah, sound. Yeah. I like that sound. It's very relaxing. That's true. Yeah. What construction sound noise do you hate? Yeah, like any other banging. Just <laughs> like at all of it. Just sawing all of it. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Um, actually I am going back to school next year to um, study, to complete my degree for my master's in psychology. I have oh. a uh, degree in psychology and I major in women's studies. So I would like to continue that work. Good. What profession would you never want to do? What profession would I never want to do? I would never want to be a musician. That just seems like a lot of pressure. Like you make me sing and <laughs> I'm sweating bullets. I couldn't imagine having the rock to and roll perform. lifestyle, the drugs oh. and the roadies <laughs> no. and all, no, all that. That is so, I don't go to concerts. Like <laughs> when, when you described a, a cigar lounge, like library on wheels, that's, that is my, that's your that's, stadium. That's me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like I have a library in my house. <laughs> I have a wine cellar with books in is front it, of it. Is it walnut? No, it's not walnut. Uh, no. Uh, what's the wood? No, no. But I do have paneled. Um, I have a paneled study. So painted. applied molding painted. Yes. Study. Yeah. With a fireplace. And the brandy. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm a bourbon drinker. But oh, yes. There we go. Woodford's. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, that, that was a profession. You, uh, rocks, uh, I'm still getting over musician. Uh, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, what would I like to have God say? That's really deep. Um, like, I got it from here. Like, don't worry about it, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Agnes, pleasure always to see you. It's good. It's been too long since I yeah, last saw you, so yeah. it's great. I and hope to stay connected. Oh, no, yeah. for sure. And come back anytime. And you got news and you want to share, just come back and we'll talk more on the oh, show. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll yeah. do that. This I'll is probably fun. bump into you. I'll, I'll bump into you at the shows there and then and encourage everybody to go and check it out. Yeah, so. yeah. please do. Come by the uh, the Career Hub. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. All right. So everybody, once again, last time, www.nextgenprofessional.com, Agnes at nextgenprofessional.com, and Next Gen Jobs on IG and also on LinkedIn. Thank you. Thank you. We are gone. Thank you, Angelina. All right.